0: Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now to the show.
1: Well, hey guys, it's episode 39 of Breaker Culture Weekly, and this is Ty, and thank you. Thank you for joining. Uh, We're glad to have you today. Uh, So today's a little bit different. Actually, it's a lot different, because we're not talking about sports cards. We're not talking about sports. We're spending 30 minutes with Shani. Shani has been gone for about a month, uh, kind of here, in and out, uh, if you haven't noticed. But... Really, since the Squirrel Hill shooting that took place um, a little over a month ago, during our interview with Mojo Break, um, which was crazy enough how that all happened, um, there's been some stuff that's happened with Shanee. Really, the death of a loved one, and I'm gonna let Shanee tell you about the situation. But um, you know, this is it's important, especially this time of year, to kind of step back and remember that you know we all focus on sports cards a lot. It's a big part of a lot of our lives, but it's not really that big of a deal when it's all said and done. And this podcast, this conversation is really just an opportunity to hear what's happened in Shanee's life, but also to reflect. And some of us have gone through um, big losses in family and situations where we've had to cope with this and handle it. And I think the way Shanee's doing it is very encouraging, um, at the same time, very challenging. So so yeah, I, I, hope, I hope you get something from this, but if anything, um, just a reminder to enjoy your time with your loved ones this weekend, this week, throughout the, the year. Um, don't miss that opportunity because you never know what will happen. And we're all going to face tough times, uh, but uh, it's how you respond that really mm. defines a lot of our lives and and uh, and makes these moments that we have now even that much more special. So uh, with that, I'll let you enjoy the conversation with Janie. If this is not your cup of tea, then we'll catch you on episode 40 here in a couple days. But otherwise, enjoy the show. Shani, how you doing? Probably the wrong question to ask. How am
0: uh,
1: I doing? Let's restart it's... this. Welcome back. It's really good to Thank have you back. Um, it's good to be back. A lot has happened in your world. And I'm not even going to ask a question. I'm just going to give you the the floor to tell us kind of what's happened in your world. And I'll, just, I'll be the first to say we've missed you. A lot of people have asked about you, and tell us what's up, man.
0: Um, well, thank you, and I appreciate that. And whoever's asked about, I I, I really do appreciate the caring. Um, well, uh, sadly, we had a. A tragedy in the family um, and we lost my mother Didi Pellet is my mother's name she was 66 years old Hmm. and uh, she had come home from my aunt her sister's birthday party and was crossing the street and was hit by a car she was rushed to the hospital She had undergone several surgeries on her abdominal, and then they also found a brain bleed. Initially, we were hopeful that the bleed was on her brain, not in her brain, but that ended up not being the case. She fought hard, she really did, and after about 36 hours, she lost her battle. So we lost my mom. I'm the oldest of seven children. I have two siblings in LA, one in New York, the rest of us are here, Um, obviously everyone came into town very quickly, including family from Israel, and in Judaism we have to have a funeral and bury the body by sundown of the next day after the individual has passed. So the accident happened late Wednesday. And we had the funeral by Friday late morning. Um, And it's been some of the hardest moments of my life. I've dealt with loss before of grandparents. I had a sister that passed away when I was younger. Um, But, yeah, I, I would definitely say this has been the most difficult experience of my life. And, uh, it's difficult because I lost my mom, but it's also very difficult because I'm watching my loved ones go through so much pain, especially my father. You know, they say that the loss, uh, but the loss of your spouse is a very close second. I think it's a little bit weird to rank those kind of things, but I think, The reason I say it is because I'm just trying to kind of maybe explain and illustrate a bit as to, you know, how hard it is for me to watch my father go through this. My father is a tough guy, was a paratrooper in the Israeli army, fought in two wars. To see him completely broken down and almost helpless is just gut-wrenching hmm. um so you know that's it's been two weeks it feels like time has slowed down to a crawl if it has advanced at all i think you know it It. i understand it but it it can be difficult It. it seems like some folks seem to think that there's enough time that has passed that things should be getting back to normal for us, but I honestly feel like it it has improved very, very slightly, but hardly at all. The pain and the grieving is still feeling the news. Because um, hmm. every day is kind of like the, the grieving. I'm going through the grieving process, right? And everyone goes through that very uniquely and it's really something you do in a different way than anyone else will but so I know I've progressed from some emotions to other emotions hmm. but I know at the same time that uh, I don't I'm not much further along than I was the day of the funeral <sighs>
1: man well yeah I mean we've talked a lot between the time this happened yeah. and now, so I mean, you know, I've, I understand kind of where your head is and obviously this is, this is not a subject that anyone wants to talk about and, but I'm sure many of the folks that listen have gone through something or not many, but some of them have gone through something like this and can relate to just the pain that you and your family are going through. You have, so you actually have, you have six brothers and sisters or seven now, your oldest of seven. Yeah. So six, six
0: siblings or five? Uh. Um exactly, I'm the oldest of seven. I have five sisters, okay and one brother my, the brothers, the two boys myself and my youngest sibling were the bookends so gotcha. did they my all started with a boy and ended with a boy, but all girls in the middle
1: <laughs> That's right that's crazy um th- are they all still in pittsburgh? Are they all kind of gone back there separate ways
0: um I have one sister and brother that are in l a mm-hmm And one sister who's in New York. uh, But the rest of us are here. Hmm. Um, So fortunately, everyone was able to get back here while my mother was still in the hospital. Mm -hmm. That was part of the experience that was kind of tough, though. She had passed. We we got word from the physicians that she wasn't going to make it and that they were already claiming her to be brain dead mm. while three of my, wow, those three siblings that are not in Pittsburgh were still traveling to Pittsburgh. So it was really awkward because we had to basically bite our tongues and wait to start talking to people about it for fear that word might get around to them. With the today's day of social media, mm-hmm and how fast news, especially bad news, spreads. We had to keep it under wraps and give them a chance to get to us at the hospital so that we can tell them. It's such a weird thing. You don't want to tell that kind of information over the phone, especially to someone who's going to be so emotionally affected by it because you're afraid they're going to break down and you don't know where they are you know, yeah. in the middle of an airport, what, what, what's driving, God forbid, something happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a weird kind of couple of hours there where we were waiting for them to get to us, but you know, obviously they did. And wow, I'll never get rid of those images of watching my father and siblings take the news. I know I was thinking at the time that i I need to try to be a a rock for them, but yeah. obviously i i i had my own emotions to deal with as well mm-hmm. it's it was too you know certain just images of watching my siblings just break down. It's hard to take, not to mention my mom had gone through the ringer both in terms of the actual accident itself and then in terms of all the surgery she had to go through on her, both her gut and her brain. Mm-hmm. So when we were finally able to see her, it wasn't her, mm-hmm. you know. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see my mom for a last time. I mean, obviously, there was a time that I saw my mom, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a moment that I could say I can kind of hug Yeah. And get a little bit of closure in that respect because she was just a mess, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was tough.
1: Yeah. So what what is the kind of the typical process for mourning in the kind of the Judaism culture? In
0: Judaism. Yeah. Sure. sure. So I did mention already that when someone passes. Mm-hmm. They have to be buried by sundown of the next day. And that basically is just a rule because your body is your sh- is just a shell. It's not you. You are your soul. And when the soul leaves the body, that body is now essentially ritually, spiritually impure. So ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you know, go back to the earth by sundown of the next day as quickly as possible. So... Mm-hmm. And then we also don't believe in anything like an ornate coffin, mm-hmm. just a pine box. Um, actually, in Israel, you're literally buried in a prayer shawl. Hmm. Um, no box at all. But uh, I think there are some laws in the States about that. So right. pine box. Um, so we had the funeral. Um, I was the one that gave the eulogy. I was the only one that spoke. I thought my dad might, but he couldn't. He could. He definitely couldn't. Hmm. Um, that was definitely one of the most difficult five minutes of my life. Just writing it was enormously difficult, let alone hmm. actually doing it. Um, and then immediately from the funeral, you go home and you start a process called shiva. Shiva is seven days of the mourners being in their home and the community coming and paying their respects. Maybe something like awake, but there are some significant differences because there are some significant ritual things that happen at Shiva. First of all, the the family that's mourning has to sit low to the ground, even on the ground. Um... You have to cover up all your mirrors as to, you know, remove any, maybe, uh, draw toward vanity also so that you don't see yourself while you're mourning because most likely you are going to look pretty bad and you don't want to be compelled to, you know, beautify yourself or anything like that. You're supposed to stay in in a mourning state. I skipped one thing that's pretty important. We go through something called Kriya where... You take a little and slice your shirt and tear it. And that's just the process itself of just grabbing your shirt and ripping it as if to rip your heart because your heart is broken. Mm-hmm. And then you are to wear that for the week, um, both as a reminder to yourself, not that you need to be reminded that you're in mourning. <laughs> There's no necessary reminder reminder (laughs) because you don't forget but um also for a reminder to the people that might be coming to pay their respects that might not know you that well so that they can see who are the people that are actually here that are the mourners you just look for the people that have that ripped shirt Mm -hmm. um yeah so And you're literally not supposed to leave the home. Now, my siblings and father all stayed in the home and they never left. They're a lot more religious than I am. I left each night to go home. Mm -hmm. I also found myself very overwhelmed at moments and left just to take a breath. Um, You know, I think different, I think I already said it, different, everyone takes this differently. Everyone deals with each emotion differently. Mm-hmm. Everyone grieves very differently, and generally speaking, I'm I'm not the kind of guy that likes to be around a whole bunch of people. I definitely don't like to be touched by a lot of people. So you know, it, it didn't take much for me to be overwhelmed by the sheer number of people that would come by, and that everyone wanted to hug me. You know, and I get it. I I fully get it. I, I don't. I don't want to disparage anybody for wanting to pay their respects and console me. But, you know, it put me in a place where I just, I had to step away a few times. Mm-hmm. It gets intense. It's a whole week of people in your house the whole time. And right. I, when I say people, I'm talking, you know, not just a few people. I mean, it's from sun up to sundown. You're talking 20, 30 plus people in your home the whole time. Wow. Um, the food is pretty good. People bring <laughs> a lot of food. <laughs> my mother, silver would lining, proud of the, yeah. My mother would have been proud of the spread. Um, people actually have put together a food calendar mm-hmm. through the next six weeks or so to take care of my family with meals every day, all day. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing. I mean, talk about the community. I mean. Mm -hmm. the Jewish community in Pittsburgh has stepped up. I think they do this for anybody. We're not special in that respect. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the number of people that just really stepped up has been amazing. Mm -hmm. So that, that pretty much explains most of what Judaism does for the mourning process. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, I think it's hard for some people to relate to the traditions of that.
0: And yeah, like you sure. and I have
1: talked to you about it's just I think it's just so, it's so special to hear because in American culture, you you can just kind of sweep this stuff under the rug and you're, you, you're not allowed to do that. in Judaism, like no. you're forced to like face the situation and like put yourself like into the deepest part of it. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of really crazy cool stuff in that, that it would eventually get exposed in somebody anyway. But like you're kind of just forced to go through it now. And I think it's I think it's really
0: pretty neat. So I think you hit the nail on the head, quite honestly. You really got it in what you just said. Um in Judaism, you're absolutely not allowed to run away from anything when it comes to the mourning process. And honestly, I, I could see myself, I could definitely see my father that if we weren't Forced by tradition to do certain things that would try to go back to work maybe a little bit quicker than mm-hmm. you normally would, yeah. and just do things that would help you try your best to ignore the pain. Thinking that that's one way of coping, which it is for some people, going back to work right. and trying to go back to normal as quickly as possible is maybe what works for them. But in Judaism, uh, the, the problem with that is, I think, personally, I'm just saying this, Not it's not that Judaism says this, but I'm saying it, with this deep level of emotion that has to be dealt with, it's a loss of a mother or a loss of a spouse, um, if you were to try to put it off, it's not like it's going to go away. It's just going to take longer. And, that kind of in and of itself opens up a whole different conversation about grieving, which can take mm-hmm. days to unpack. Yep. But the one thing that I I only expressed to my wife just yesterday, and it helped her understand me um, and and the process that I'm going through so much better. Because as you would expect, my wife sees me in pain and doesn't want to see the man she loves in pain Mm -hmm. and has said, I can't tell you how many times I just want to fix it for you. And I finally said, you know, a, there's no, there's think about it and there's no way to fix what I'm dealing with. Yeah. But even more so, if you actually had some mechanism to fix this, I wouldn't want you to. Yeah. Right now, as, mu- as painful as this is and as much as part of me wants to be able to be completely back to normal, a much bigger part of me really wants the pain. In many ways, I even would go so far as to say, I want to feel more pain. And I know that might sound really weird and foreign to some people, but I'm afraid for the day that comes when I'm not feeling pain anymore, because that means I've moved on. And that slippery slope towards maybe not thinking about my mother every day is approaching. I feel like going through this pain is, on some level, me keeping my mother close and honoring her on some level. I don't know if that's easy to understand I I just know that a day will come and it probably isn't that far off that I won't be thinking of my mother Mm -hmm. every day all day as I am right now and I'm afraid of that Mm -hmm. because that's the moment that I start to move away from her and that scares me quite honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I th- I think that probably is hard for some people to get, but at the same time, I think that's w- the beauty in being human is that like, this is all about like who you are going forward is forever shaped from this. And oh, yeah. you are a different guy and you will be, you will have an impact in other people's life in a way that you never could have because of what's happened here. And the fact that you're dealing with it and you want to feel the pain, I think, is just amazing, because I think it just sets you up in a situation where you you can be used by this in some really cool ways. So that's I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just-
0: funny you say that. Um, my, my mother my mother dealt with some mental health issues, and one of the ways that I know she found relief on some level was being of service to others, helping other people that had similar issues that she had been dealing with all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And um, I just know that she used to talk a lot about being of service to others. It was just something that was pervasive for her. And she talked to anybody who would listen about what it meant to her and how she just wanted her... She wanted to be out there helping others, Mm -hmm. whether it was helping others that had lost a child to SIDS like she had or whatever, mental health, like I said. Um, So, yeah, to hear you say that and, and something I've already been thinking about is, you know, the day will come that I've processed this on some level and I may just have that capacity to be of service mm-hmm. to someone else going through it. <clears throat> we'll see. It's <laughs> just something that I, yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate you saying that, but um, cause it's, it's just struck a chord. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So what, what is your typical, and this is kind of a, maybe may a scary question to ask, but what's your go-to when it comes to grieving? How have you grieved and kind of, deferred thought, taking a break, stepped away. What do you Well,
0: I mean the first thing I would say is the thing I've done the most is spend time with be with family talk. 100%.
1: Yep. Um
0: it sounds like so obvious, but the truth is for me uh not something I've talked about on our podcast, but just a reality for me is as much as I love my family, I've been very emotionally distant from my family for a long time mm-hmm. i'm the black i'm I'm very much the black sheep of the family because i'm the only one that's not religious mm-hmm. my my family is fully fully religious in in a very orthodox kind of way i'm spiritual I am very proud of being jewish and I do certain things to make sure my kids are aware and are forming a jewish identity mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's 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 practice in a very different way in a much more secular way than what my family does my family just you know for people who are listening and and you you know to really give you a good picture a visual my dad has the long beard and the black hat and the little curly hair coming out of the sides of his ears you know what i mean the picture of that hasidic jew in the movies that's that's my family dude that's clearly not me I wouldn't be talking about sports cards on a podcast if that was me. <laughs> <laughs> we, would, we would not be collecting cards over here. Anyway. Um, but, you know, this is definitely something that has brought me a lot closer to people that I may have yeah. had a weaker connection with. Mm-hmm. There's something obviously very special about that. And I've even talked to my siblings and father about, look at what mommy's done for us. She's really brought us closer. So there's in and of itself already that to be thankful for. And I don't know what I would have done without them. I don't know what I would have done without my wife, Jenny. She's been such a rock. She's taken everything off my plate and stepped up huge so that I can just focus. Because grieving is a very selfish process, quite honestly. Um but obviously, one that you should be left to be selfish for. It's the, maybe one of the very few times in your life uh, that you, that you should be selfish, and you should let yourself have mm-hmm. that freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely jumped into cards. Um, I, I I've spent a lot more money than I usually do on <laughs> cards because the, pro, you know, for me, it's not just the process of obviously the funnest part of being a collector is opening packs or watching a break and hoping something comes out Um, for me I get a lot out of the process what I mean by that is organizing and reorganizing stuff for me is one of the greatest things Hmm.
1: because
0: I have a bit of an OCD brain Mm -hmm. Um, and that time And sometimes it takes to sort and build a set in number order um, to sort for the sake of selling and having things set up in such a way so that you when you when you're ready to actually start building um, listings, you know, everything's there. That that process for me is therapeutic. uh, And I've gotten involved in that a lot. Actually, at least a The chunk of every day I've been in my little card area just sorting, organizing, reorganizing. Mm -hmm. Um, so my shit's in order right now. That's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: again, silver lining, silver lining here. Good food, cards are in order. Okay,
0: yeah. (laughs) I'm very delinquent on listing things I haven't done, yeah, at all. I have a lot to get to, especially a ton of prison basketball. That's pretty much all I've bought with the exception of maybe a one blaster here of Optic Football or one mm-hmm. pack there of I don't even know what. I saw that Elite Extra Edition was on retail today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we agreed not to talk about it. By cards. the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finish that thought.
0: You're right. And I thank you for this. All I was going to say is it seems like there's just a lot that has happened in this period of time where I feel like I've been, what would I even call it? I've been in like some type of zombie world for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's a weird way to say it. But, you know, just in another world, I've been in this this, this, this limbo kind of place where the world has continued to move and. I don't really know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I'll say from a, one quick thought from a card perspective, um, probably isn't a bad thing that you haven't been as like mentally engaged in it because I think it's been kind of a rough patch for the last couple of weeks with pricing and expectations. But we're going to save that for another podcast when you and I do this in right. days. but uh days. Um, but that, that is kind of cool to hear though. I mean, car, cards are more than just pieces of cardboard to a lot of us. I mean, they're, they're kind of oh, yeah. getaways and ways for us to just for that moment, you just start, you're taken away and you get caught up in it. And either if it's for yourself or with your kids or whatever it is, it's just, it's a, an escape. It isn't, it's a positive escape.
0: And no question. Yeah. No question. And you know, the truth is there are times when what I'm getting out of it therapeutically It could be anything. It literally could be little post-it notes with numbers on them. It doesn't matter. But the fact that I have something to organize and sort is what I need. Obviously, I wouldn't be as motivated and interested if it wasn't sports cards. But I think, you know, you get what I'm trying to say. Um yeah, on, honestly, I thank God that I had it because I've needed that bit of a break each day to let my mind rest and just do something for the sake of doing something that could distract me.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the alternative is you could spend thousands of dollars on a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the easy way to justify this. This is the cheaper version. <laughs>
0: Um, I, I, yeah. I would argue that uh, both are in order. I, I think they're whether you see a therapist on a regular basis in life or you only seek that kind of experience at the moments that are this severe and drastic. I think this kind of moment that is as severe as it is and as drastic as it is warrants going to talk to somebody that's a professional. Yeah. If for nothing else, for sure. getting a perspective that may not be, um, you know, fettered by anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Literally, you know, my dad. So all of my siblings and I have each kind of done something in that vein. But my dad refuses. And I and I was talking to him last night about it. And he was like, look, if I want to talk to someone, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to your sister's. He mm-hmm. says, look, I respect that and I want you to feel that comfortable when I want and, I, and I'm and i always here for you. But there's something that talking to someone that doesn't know you as a loved one mm-hmm. and doesn't have those potential connections and emotional hangups about how because of how much they love you, um, you. You're going to get the perspective and you're also going to get the unfettered um re- truth mhm you know obviously not everyone's a great therapist yep uh and you know you have to be careful and you have to and, and it, there is something to be said for there being you know kind of like a search that you have to go through to find the good the right person for you totally. but uh but I believe in it
1: yeah well we are super glad to have you back, man. Whatever that means, we don't know, but I, th- I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people. Like we love I appreciate you, it. and we. I'm glad to be back. Yep, and we, I'm sure many people will come around and want to do what they can to offer encouraging comments, and that's what it <laughs> I appreciate. It. All right, brother. Thanks, man. You got it.